We are one church. One church. That meets in multiple locations. We are one family. And we worship together as one. One. We have one God. One God that meets us where we are. His heart and our hearts beat as one. As one. So whether you're far away or nearby, join us and be part of one family, one worship, one heart, one church. At multiple locations. I'm a Southlake. I'm an NRH. I'm a Frisco. All right, turn to 1 Corinthians 3 and Revelation 20. In other words, open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and then put a marker at Revelation chapter 20. We're in a series called The End, dot, 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 what happens next? And we've talked about heaven and hell, and remember the first week we talked about a tough question, we talked about some easy questions then about heaven. Last week we talked about a tough message. Um, and this week, uh, I'm going to share with you on a tough day, a tough day. Now, we're going to get to 1 Corinthians 3, okay, but it's a little bit later. I want to read you some verses before we get there, all right, and we'll put all these verses on the screen. 2 Peter 2.9 says, the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Second Peter 3, 7 says, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition, which means eternal judgment of ungodly men. Matthew 12, 36, but I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. And Hebrews 9.27 says, it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So is there a judgment day coming? Absolutely. Will everyone be judged? Yes. Will believers be judged? Yes. Will unbelievers be judged? Yes. But will we be judged by grace? Our works. Listen to me carefully. Yes. Now listen, I'm not saying that salvation is grace and works, but there is a believer's judgment and there is an unbeliever's judgment. But at both judgments, works are judged. Let me show you a few other scriptures, all right? Uh, Ecclesiastes 12, 14, for God will bring every work. Would you mind saying the word every? every work in the judgment, including every, would you say it again? Every secret thing, whether good or evil. You can groan now. Okay, you didn't groan. I guess you're okay with it, all right? Revelation 20 verse 13, the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one, could you say each? according to his works. Now notice, each person judged according to his works. First Peter 1 Peter 1.17, and if you call on the Father, how many of you call on the Father? Can I see your hands? Okay. Who without partiality judges according to each one's work, 
conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear or reverence. Matthew 16, 27, for the Son of Man will come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He will reward each, say the word each, according to His works. Revelation 22:12. and behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every, would you say the word every? Everyone according to His work. Okay. I am an each. You are an each. We are every. God is going to reward each and every one and judge each and every person according to His works. But are we saved by works? Not at all. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Would you say these three words with me? Not of works. Can you say it one more time? Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Okay, so how do we explain this? How do we explain that we're saved by grace, but judged by works according to our works? I'm going to give you the most simple depth, uh, uh, a way to understand this huge theological doctrinal uh, issue. I'm going to give you a very simple way. It's two words. We have to learn to determine and distinguish between our, you ready? Here are the two words, belief and behavior. Belief and behavior. Our belief determines, and you may want to write this statement down, our belief determines where we spend eternity. Our behavior determines how we spend eternity. Let me say it again. Our belief alone determines where we spend eternity, and our behavior determines how we spend eternity, whether heaven or hell. In heaven, we're going to be rewarded for our works, and in hell, people are going to be punished for their works. But the, depending on where you go is completely dependent upon whether you believe in Jesus Christ or not. And the Bible is so clear about this. Uh, there are two judgments, and I'm going to talk about each of these two judgments today. There are two judgments, the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. At the judgment seat of Christ, every person there is a believer. Every person is a believer. At the great white throne judgment, every person is an unbeliever. Every person at that judgment is an unbeliever. This is why people don't understand, well, why are you even going to have a judgment if every person there at the great white throne is an unbeliever and is going to go to hell? And why would you have a judgment if every person at the judgment seat of Christ is a believer and is going to go to heaven? The reason is because this judgment is not to determine your belief. Your belief has already determined which judgment you're going to attend. But at that judgment, at each judgment, your behavior will be judged. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. It matters how you live. It matters what you do on this earth. And according to Scripture, if you believe, it will alter your behavior. God's grace, God's unmerited favor gives us the desire and the power to want to serve God. So, let's talk about these two judgments, all right? We are not saved by works, but works do matter. By, by the way, let me say this. This is why people who understand grace get upset when people talk in the wrong way about works. 
And this is why people who understand that our behavior matters get upset when people talk about grace sometimes and don't talk about behavior. This is why. But the two can marry. They are married in Scripture, and it's, it's easy to understand when you separate belief and behavior, when you understand what each of them are for. All right, so here's the first judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. Number one, the judgment seat of Christ. Now, are you in 1 Corinthians 3? Okay, I'm not there yet, all right? <clears throat> I will get there in a moment. Let me read you two Scriptures first. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, for we must all, could you say the word all? all. By the way, this is written to the church. Okay, this is written to believers. We must all, all believers, appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each, could you say each again, each one may receive the things done in the body. In other words, when you are alive on earth, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Romans 14.10, why do you judge your brother? Why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, 1 Corinthians 3, let me give you a little background. 1 Corinthians is the second letter Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. I know that sounds confusing. 1 Corinthians is the second letter. 2 Corinthians is the third letter, okay? We, we don't have the first letter. Personally, I think that Paul wrote it and God said, that's not going to get in the Bible. You're going to have to try, try again. But he writes a letter to the Corinthian church, which we don't have, all right? They write a letter back, and 1 Corinthians is actually answering the letter they wrote back. Because he says either five or six times, I need to look it up again, he, he begins chapters with, now concerning. Now concerning. The, uh, now concerning the things you wrote to me, he says one time. And another one he says, uh, in my earlier letter to you. So we know he wrote a letter before 1 Corinthians, all right? So he's doing a lot of straightening out. In, in, in 1 Corinthians. And one of the things he's straightening out in 1 Corinthians 3 is that they are arguing about um, who led them to Christ and, and to which of these they, they need to tend. Some were led to the Lord by Paul, some by Apollos. And he's simply saying, listen, don't divide, don't divide. And then he says to them, because you need to understand, Jesus is the judge, we're all going to stand for Jesus. It's not Paul or Apollos, all right? So let's pick it up there. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 10 says, according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. He's referring to Apollos here. But let each one, I'm not going to ask you to repeat it, but I want you to think about it every time I say it. Let each one take heed how he builds on it. In other words, how he builds on the foundation of Jesus. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone, anyone, that includes us, builds on this foundation, Jesus, these are believers, with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day, capitalized, judgment day, will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. You're going to be rewarded for your works. Verse 15, watch. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. He's going to lose his reward. But he himself will be saved. These are all believers. 
yet so as through fire. Okay, I want you to notice a couple of things about this. You can be a believer and be building with wood, hay, and straw. You can be a believer and build with gold, silver, and precious stones. In other words, you can be a believer and be doing works that will last forever and that will be eternal and that you will be rewarded for. But you can also be a believer and be doing temporal things that you will not receive a reward for. Or you could actually do something that's eternal, and because of the way you do it, you could lose your reward for it. Now, we're not talking about going to heaven or hell, okay? Remember that. Let me just show you how Jesus Himself said you could lose a reward for a good work. You've you've read this before, maybe you've never tied it in. Matthew 6 verse 1, take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward on earth. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will, watch this word, Himself reward you openly. Now, I want you to notice, first of all, you can do something good and actually lose the reward for it because of the way you do it. But notice this, the Father Himself, Himself will reward you. Did you know that the Father is going to give rewards to you personally? Personally. It's not going to be like a billion people, you know, like there's going to be like a billion people out there, and, and, and the Father's going to walk out and say, y'all done good. And of course, someone in the back will say, what did he say? I say? Said they need more wood. It's not, that's not going to be that way. God, here's another way. Not only is God going to reward you personally, listen to this. This, it just hit me. Even when I was preparing this message, I thought, I mean, I knew it, but it just dawned on me. I'm going to get to meet the Father <laughs> personally, and He's going to reward me. Well, I, I want to be a good and faithful servant, don't you? I want to hear those words from Him, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, let me show you another scripture. 1 John 2, 28 says, And now, little children, abide in Him, abide in Him, that when He appears, we may have confidence, watch this, and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. Now, this don't do believers. Why would you be ashamed? Let me tell you why some believers will be ashamed at the second coming, because they wasted their life. They believed in Jesus, but they didn't serve Him. They didn't love Him. They didn't walk with Him. They, they, they didn't give their lives for the kingdom of God, and now it's over. And they're not going to receive many rewards. Did you know that, do you realize heaven's going to be cities? Heaven's going to be cities. And, and in Luke 19, Jesus says to the good steward, He's going to say to one, one of them, you be ruler over ten cities. In other words, we're going to have a responsibility in heaven. Jesus told us to store up treasure. Listen to this. He said, store up treasure for yourselves, for yourselves in heaven. In other words, you're going to need some money to do business with in heaven. 
Heaven is not just going to be floating on clouds. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Heaven is going to be a perfect earth and a perfect heaven with no sin, no sorrow, but we're going to be living our lives. We're going to have responsibility in heaven, and it depends on how I handle responsibility on this earth as to how much responsibility I'm going to be given in heaven. Do you realize that we're going to have cities, someone's going to get to be the mayor. <laughs> and it's not going to be like here where you get, you know, $6 a week and a lot of grief. I mean, it's going to be being a good mayor, okay? Um, when I was young, I went to a, a baseball camp one summer. And I goofed off the whole camp. I mean, I just goofed off, and I played pranks on people, and I just didn't really apply myself. And the last day when we got together, there were these tables, and there were trophies on these tables. And I, I remember thinking, wait a minute. You, you didn't tell me that you were giving out awards. If I had known you were giving awards, I wouldn't have goofed off this whole week. And of course, I didn't get one because I goofed off the whole week. I wonder how many believers are going to get to heaven but not have many rewards and not have much responsibility because there are degrees of heaven and there are degrees of hell. Let, let, let me ask you something. Will the person who is a believer but he really doesn't give generously, he doesn't tithe, he doesn't serve, he doesn't witness, he doesn't really give himself to the kingdom, will he receive the same reward for the person who gives sacrificially, spends many hours helping the poor, wins many people to Jesus, will each receive the same reward? No. Remember, God's a just God. God is going to recompense every person, believers and unbelievers, according to our works. And this person who gives his or her life to the kingdom and sows and serves and loves and ministers is going to receive rewards. So that's the judgment seat of Christ. What about the great white throne judgment? Here's number two, the great white throne judgment. Turn over to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, the great white throne judgment. And I'm going to show you why we call it the great white throne judgment, all right? Revelation 20 verse 11, then I saw a great white throne. That was all we theologians could come up with. <clears throat> all right, then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it from whose faith the face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open. Please notice books here is plural. The word books is plural. Books were open. And another book, singular, was open, which is the book of life. Listen, this is a great example of belief and behavior. If you believe, your name is in the book. But in the books, all of our works are there whether you're believers or unbelievers. See, the books are books of works, deeds that we did. 
The book is whether you believe, okay? Watch. And that book is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books, plural. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades, remember Hades is the Greek word for hell, delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged each one according to his works. Now, I asked you a question a moment ago. Will a believer who really doesn't give or, or love or serve get the same reward as a believer who sacrifices, gives generously, ties, uh, witnesses, serves, will they get the same reward? Obviously, if you think about it, no, they won't get the same reward. We're going to be rewarded for our good works, the Bible says. Okay. Will an unbeliever, will an unbeliever who does not give his life to Jesus, but he's a good man, he just obstinately says, no, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in, in Jesus Christ, I will not give my life to Jesus. But he, he goes to work, and he has a family, and he does things, just kind of has a normal life, but he obstinately refuses to give his life to Jesus. Will he receive the same punishment as a murderer and a rapist? No. It's different. There are degrees of punishment, and we'll show it to you in the Bible. Think about this. Here's the guy who's a, who's a good guy, but he doesn't give his life to Jesus. He's going to go to hell. And here's Hitler, who murdered six million Jews. God's a just God. Hitler will be recompensed for his works. He will receive punishment for his works. Let me show you Jesus' own words. Matthew 11, verse 21. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had be done, been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable. This, this in the Greek, by the way, means less suffering or more lenient, lenient. It will be more tolerable. How could it be more or less if it's both the same? For Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you Capernaum, and notice again, in the day of judgment. And you Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades or hell. For if the mighty works which were done in you, now watch, this is an amazing statement Jesus is about to make. If the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. In other words, Sodom would have repented. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah, in the day of judgment than for you. This is, this is amazing. This, this, this is amazing. And, and you know what was done in Capernaum, Chorazin and Bethsaida? The works, the mighty works that were done? Jesus. Jesus himself was in those cities doing miracles, healing people, and preaching the gospel, and they rejected him. And you know what he said? If I had gone to Sodom, they would have repented. And God knows people's hearts. He said, this is Jesus talking. We can't argue with it. This, this is Jesus. Jesus said, Sodom would have remained until this day. We would not have destroyed Sodom with fire. They would have repented. And I'm telling you, it's going to be more tolerable for Sodom in the day of judgment than it will for you. He's, he's talking about degrees. Okay, remember we said a moment ago how Jesus said to believers, store up treasure 
for yourselves. Okay, is it possible then that believers are storing up judgment for themselves? I mean, unbelievers. Let me show you a scripture. We, we began this series and we talked about Romans 1, that God reveals himself to every person, every person, right? And then this is, and then he says, but you rejected me. And then he begins to tell what happens, and it carries over into Romans 2. Let me read you this verse out of Romans 2, verse 5. But in accordance with your hardness, in accordance to the same degree as your hardness and your impenitent heart, listen, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Well, you could read that sentence over and over because there's so much good theology in that verse. The righteous judgment, every person will receive a righteous judgment from God, every person. And he says, because of the way you're, you're acting, because of the hardness of your heart, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath. Isn't this an amazing passage? Because remember, Jesus said, listen, I advise you to, to the believer, I advise you to store up for yourselves treasure in heaven. Then he says them, you're treasuring up for yourselves wrath in hell. I want to say again, I know this series is tough. I know that. Um, I'm not trying to scare you. I feel like the, the doctor that's simply telling you facts, like you have a disease and you will die from this disease if you don't take the cure. But the good news is we have a cure. That's the good news. There is a cure. So I, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you that this is the future, but there is a cure. Hey, uh, I just noticed we talked about a stricter judgment for lost people. Will any believers receive a stricter judgment? Guess what? Yes, there are some. Do, do you know? Let me just tell you who one of them is me. I will receive a stricter judgment than you. James 3 verse 1 says, my brethren, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Now, I'm sorry, Pastor John, because it's going to be hard to get equipped teachers now because I just… <laughs> <laughs> you remember I told you that um, I would have acted differently if I had known they had awards at the camp? And believers will be rewarded, unbelievers will be recompensed. Okay. Um, I told you the story a long time ago, so I won't go into all the details, but when I was young, we, we hung out at the skating rink. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, but, but I'd like to say, how many of you ever hung out at the skating rink? Uh, look at all the older people. Okay, so um, that was the place to hang out, okay? All right. And uh, my, my, I had gotten in with a crowd, and I was beginning to smoke cigarettes, because I thought that made me tough and cool. And I went on from there to, to drugs and things like that. And my dad knew, obviously, this is not good. He's going down the wrong road. But he followed me there. Uh, one, oh, I think he dropped me off and then just kind of snuck around and stayed. And um, he counted how many cigarettes I smoked that night. And, of course, later when he... When he approached me, then I tried to lie, and it didn't work out very well. But I remember he punished me according to the number of cigarettes I smoked. And I remember thinking, if I had known 
I had a lot of those thoughts growing up. If I'd known I would have been rewarded, if I'd known I would have been punished. Are you listening to me? The Father is watching. You will be rewarded according to your works if you're a believer, and you will be punished according to your works if you're an unbeliever. Now, one more thing. All, every person at the judgment seat is a believer. Every person at the great white throne judgment is an unbeliever. But listen to me. You get to choose which judgment you attend. But only while you're alive on this earth. It is appointed to man once to die. After that, the judgment. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. If I could beg you to accept Jesus, I would and I will. I plead with you, no matter which campus you're attending, will you accept Jesus Christ? We've all sinned. We've all made mistakes, some worse than others. I've probably been worse than most of you here. But it's God's grace. It's God's free gift. The Bible describes it as a free gift that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for our sins. Our sins are taken care of if we'll simply receive Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. Now, I'm not talking about saying something with your mouth that you don't mean in your heart. Because the Bible says you've got to mean it in your heart. I'm asking you, will you give control of your life to Jesus? Will you love Him? Will you serve Him for the rest of your life? And I know you might be thinking, well, I've tried, but I can't do it. That's true. None of us can do it. But when we receive God's grace, His grace empowers us and changes our desire to be able to live for Him. So will you receive His grace? I want to help you. I want to pray with you. Again, no matter which campus you're attending, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to help you like someone helped me one day. And that is simply, I want to lead you in a prayer. As I pray out loud, will you just pray this in your heart and just give your life to the Lord right now? So if that's you, will you just, will you, as I pray out loud, will you pray this in your heart? If you mean business with God, would you say, just tell Him, just say, Dear God, just tell Him that, Dear God, I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Just tell them that. I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Tell them thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me today. Now, no one's looking around at at any campus, but if you prayed that prayer and you meant business with God, would you put your hand up where I can sit? Put it way up high. You ought to be proud to put it up. You ought to be proud to put it up. Put it way up high where I can sit. Way up high and hold it up. Hold it up just for a minute. Every campus, God bless you. You can put your hands down. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm asking you, though, to do one more thing, and it's very, very important. In just a moment, at each campus, we're going to stand, and we're going to have leaders at the front of the campus. And if you're in an overflow room, we'll have leaders at the front of the overflow room. And if you're on the second level at Southlake, we're going to have leaders at every exit. They'll have name badges on. 
In just a moment, we're going to stand. We're going to have one more worship song. I'm asking that no one leave. Please, no one leave because it's very important right now what we're doing. It won't be much longer, but it's very important. And as soon as we stand up, if you prayed that prayer and you gave your life to the Lord, would you come to one of the leaders at every campus, just come to one of the leaders, and just say to that leader, to one person, I'm just asking you to say it, to one person, I gave my life to the Lord. I'm, I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm accepting Jesus. However you want to say it, I prayed that prayer with the pastor. Here's the reason. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And if you prayed that prayer, as I said a moment ago, you ought to be proud to put your hand up. You ought to be proud to come down to one of the leaders and say, I did it. I'm giving my life to the Lord. Go all the way with your commitment for God. So make up your mind right now. As soon as we stand up, you're going to stand up and you're going to step out and come to one of the leaders, no matter which campus you're attending. And also, listen, if you came with someone or if you have a friend or family member with you and you're, you feel a little embarrassed, don't, don't be embarrassed. But just say to that person, would you go with me? I pray that prayer. I need, to, I need to make this commitment to Christ. And just say, would you go with me, all right? So as soon as we stand up at every campus, you just stand up and step out and come to one of our leaders, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person right now in Jesus' name, amen. In The God I Never Knew, Robert Morris explains that the Holy Spirit's chief desire is for a relationship with you to offer the encouragement and guidance of a trusted friend. I want you to understand that all of these gifts, all of God's gifts have to do with ministering to people and they have to do with encouraging people. It's time to experience the Holy Spirit in a fresh new way to meet the God you may have never known. You have someone living inside of you who knows everything about everything. And he has committed himself to be your teacher and to lead you into all truth.